Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Inside Out. My name is Julie Stratton, and I'm going to chat with you a little bit today about house cleaning. No, not just your typical house cleaning, like cleaning out your dresser drawers and cleaning out, you know, the pantry and things like that, but also cleaning out your heart, cleaning out your mind, cleaning out your emotions. And as always, we work from the inside out. Welcome back and thanks for being here. As we come to another end of a calendar year, I, like probably many of you, have been really reflecting on the past 12 months. And I recently read that simple living is being conscious of the choices that we make every day from the moment we wake up until we hit the pillow at night. And the concepts of making conscious choices, slowing down, and being present allows us for new opportunities and for new possibilities. It also allows us to identify what no longer serves us and just what no longer works. And especially what we no longer need. That baggage we carry around that's just because we don't know what else to do with it. When we can identify that these these baggages and these kinds of things, then we can make a conscious decision to start the process of change, or we can also make a conscious decision not to change. It's really up to us. But awareness definitely is the key to even knowing something needs to change. So today I'm going to share some of my insights that I've gained while going through quite a lot of transition this year, how I've become more conscious in my choices and in how I live my life. I'll also share some of the tips and tools that have really helped me thrive and not just survive, but actually live with intention and joy and, I don't know, just happiness again. And so 2021 was a year of true house cleaning, both literally and metaphorically. See, the end of April, we made a decision to move to a new state, to create a new life for our family. We sorted and we purged all of those things that we carry around year to year, house to house. And then we put our house on the market and it sold in 11 hours. Holy cow. We still had a lot to do and a lot to sort. We got through that process and then we lived in temporary housing for a few months while our stuff was in storage. Now, granted, the storage was at our temporary housing. We were lucky enough to live with my in-laws for a while, um, and that really did help us out a ton. And then when we we closed on our new house, we lived again in temporary housing for a couple months while we finished doing some light remodeling. So all of this process finished up in October. And like I said, it started in April. And to me, that's just a long time to be in flux and to be in transition um, for those kind of everyday life things. You know, my, meanwhile, my wife started a new job and I started to figure out who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do in this wonderful new place that we call home. And while all this external work was in constant motion, I was doing some serious internal house cleaning. I had started that process back when COVID really forced me inside the house and out of my natural routine and out of working with the people that I had been working with for quite a while. That time also allowed me to really explore some new opportunities and sort out what was no longer serving me or my energy, just what no longer fit. 
I think sometimes, I don't know, maybe this happens to you, but I feel like if you make a commitment or if you're in a particular area or place that you, you feel that's it, that's it. And for me, that, that definitely felt like it when I started to do some of the work that I was doing in the LGBT community, I felt like this is what I'm going to be doing until I leave Idaho or I die. And I didn't really think about, it's okay to walk away and say, my time has come. It just, honestly, it never occurred to me until I actually got to move away. And then I got to really take a look at all of that. And so I think it's not only good, but also really healthy every once in a while to take a deep look inside and look into the things that occupy our hearts and occupy our energy. So what fills us and what drains us. Now, I'm really lucky. I got to do something about it because we moved, but we can't always do something about it in the moment. But it's that awareness. It's that awareness that's the first step to knowing what may need to change for us to find that place of joy and happiness. I understand my my uh, privilege in not 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 only because I can make those or I was able to make that change, but that I was able to become more aware and that I was able to act on that awareness and changes that I didn't even know how deeply they would impact me until they were made. There are so many home organizing and how to declutter your space, blogs and videos and books out there. And trust me, I think I read most of them while we were going through this process of transition. Um, So I'm really not going to talk about that much today, but I will touch on a few things that were a part of the external house cleaning. Oh, and yeah, I worked through some of this with using the Marie Kondo, does this spark joy method? And it, it worked for a lot of things. But there were some things that are so embedded in my memories um, that it, it just, I wasn't ready to let go. Once we figured out where we were going to be living, we realized that we were really going to have to be downsizing by about half the space we were used to living and playing in. We also had to get real about what we could take with us and what we needed to let go of. The first and the most obvious questions we asked ourselves were, do we use this? And do we need this? Some things were an easy, nope, we don't use it and we don't need it and we can let it go and let someone else enjoy it. And other things, well, they weren't so easy. Emotional attachment to things is real, people. It's real and it's difficult to let go of those things. And sometimes we don't have to, but other times we really have to dig a little deeper from the inside and find out what is it that we're attached to. The hardest thing for me was to sort and let go of things that were tied to my mom who died two and a half years ago. I was very close to her and had so many important memories wrapped up in paper and pictures and just things that we that were gathered in her house that I, I just had a real strong visceral reaction with of joy and happiness. So to help me release some of those things I was hanging on to, I I finally contacted the local historical societies in the area where my mom grew up. She was really into family genealogy. And so I also had a ton of really cool family history and a lot of black and white pictures of old dudes that I had no clue who they were, but they were important to her in her research. It was difficult to have to really say to myself, this is not the important thing to me like it was to my mom. 
I wanted it to be, but it just wasn't. So after contacting the historical societies, I was able to send many of her things that would be able to live on at these places as part of my mom's and my family history. And I really believe that's where she would have wanted all of this to go anyway. In all these papers, I found a name and a number for a cousin of my mom's that I had never met. He was also into the family history and genealogy. And I contacted him out of the blue, and we had an hour conversation. It was wonderful. He shared so many memories of my mom, and it just really continued to reinforce it's not those things, it's those memories, and it's who she was. And so he was really happy to take most of the genealogy and continue to do the research and put it all together. And I sent him a huge tub full of of things, and he was very grateful. But, you know, it took me two years to be able to to, to call those places and also to be able to sort all of the information that I had and then send them off and actually let them go. You know, and it's, it's the irony or maybe the whatever. It's funny because that stuff sat in my mom's garage for five years when she lived near me and rarely did we ever look at them. So again, it wasn't about the things. What finally allowed me to release all those things was knowing that they would live on for others to see and to find. And that was a really big um, piece of, of that process. And so even though I know I let, I let go of a lot, I still have a couple of big totes full of memories that I had as a child that my mom kept from when I was a child. Um, and, and, you know, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. I think I'm going to hang on to them. And every, every once in a while, I still look them out and I look at my scrapbooks and all that stuff. And I think I'll just, I'll just hang on to that for a while until I'm ready for the next step. So that was a lot of the external house cleaning. But then there was the issue of wrapping up and letting go of work that I had been involved with for about the last 10 years. Work that had become a very big part of my identity. Work that I had really grown through and emotionally changed because of an organization that I started from the ground up, working with incredible people with incredible passion. And so letting go of that was really, really difficult as well. And in the past, um, let's just say I've created somewhat of a shit show to help me leave an organization or a relationship, just something to make people want to leave me and make me want to push away. It's always easier to do that for me. But this time was different. And I knew that that MO had run its course. I didn't want to lead with that. And I knew it wasn't going to work anymore for me. All I ever did when I did that was destroy and definitely not nurture anything or anyone. And so I knew this time was going to be different. I felt ready to move on. I didn't feel a need to run away. So instead, I just leaned in. I leaned into the process of saying goodbye and letting go. I leaned into the sadness, to the grief, and definitely into the discomfort because there were still times where I thought, well, why aren't they calling me for an opinion? Or I really should be there. I have an opinion and I should be a part of this. And But the truth was, it wasn't my time anymore. It was really time for me to let it go. So rather than shutting down, I wanted to attend as many special events and other things that were happening in my community as much as possible and also spend time with the people who were filling me up and who would carry on this work long after I was gone. I've really learned that the work 
whatever that is, whatever that is for you, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your volunteerism, maybe it's being a caretaker, but whatever that work is, it will always go on. It may look different, sound different, and feel different, but it will continue. But you know, I'm human and I have an ego. Part of our DNA, and yes, our ego, is to want to be a part of something, to belong to something, to be good at something, and really just to feel important and needed. I really had to lean in and accept that whatever the work becomes without me has nothing to do with me. I had a time and a place, and it was more than I ever expected. Part of my house cleaning was saying goodbye and also really allowing myself to be filled with gratitude. As much external house cleaning that I did, there was even more internal house cleaning to do. I define my internal house cleaning as the people, places, things, commitments, interests, responsibilities, and other things that really just take up my brain space and my heart space. If I'm in to something, I'm all in. So if I serve on a committee or a team or just say yes to do something, then I take those things serious and they take up my brain space. And because I usually care about what I do, they also take up my heart space. And so before I knew it, my spaces got so full and my brain committees meet, you know, most of the night anyway, and my stomach stays in knots and I get full of anxiety and agitation because I'm too full. I'm too full of having to think about and follow through and just manage all of those different commitments. So how did I tackle the internal house cleaning? Well, there are eight tools that I'd like to share with you. The first one is write it down. Make your list. I wrote down everything that I felt responsible for, that I was committed to, and that I even dabbled in. This includes everything I do for my family, for myself, and for other people. And when I look at the list, which is pretty long, it was much easier to see and assess what I'm doing and what's taking up my brain space. Then I could really start to evaluate the amount of time, headspace, and energy, and the emotions that each thing took. I would also see what things were, quote, placeholders, those things that I really wasn't truly engaged with, yet still took up a lot of my mental space or my heart space. And those were the first things to go. Then came the next layer. This one was a little harder. I really had to look at what was left on the list and decide how do these things fill me up and how do they drain me? And of course, I can't always do everything that makes me feel good or, you know, fill me up or make me happy. I get that. But there are choices I can still make. And when I do choose to stay into something or with something, then I have to really look at how am I creating joy within the situation and how am I allowing it just to continue to drain me? Because I that's something I have control over. Like I said, the next thing I did was just really start to look at what is it that just drains me that maybe I'm passionate about or it's important, it's important work, but I just don't have it in me anymore to do. And so that was the next layer. And then the last layer, well, the next few steps, they're going to really address how I dealt with that last layer. The second thing I did was I gave my, myself permission to feel. 
And so give yourself permission to feel. Whatever those feelings are, whether you label them as good or bad or indifferent, giving yourself permission to feel those feelings. Allow yourself to feel the negative emotions in the same way you do the positive ones. Even though I was moving to my dream location and I was really not happy with where I was currently living, that didn't mean that I wasn't going to have some feelings of sadness or grief because I did. But the trick for me was to learn how to hold both in the same space and still be able to move forward with joy. But that process started with an awareness and an acceptance of what I was feeling. Third thing is let other people in on your process. Find your voice and ask for help. Share with others what you're thinking and what you're feeling. When you can share what's happening in your mind and in your heart, others can support you. And of of course, there's professional help, which I am a grateful recipient of. But there's also finding support in the people around you who fulfill you. And they may not be your family members, and I understand that, but they're your cheerleaders. They're the people that you surround yourself with who love you and want nothing but good things for you. And I'm very, very lucky to have some of those people in my life. Those are also the people who will show you the tough love you need when um, you kind of got your head in the sand. (laughs) Remember that these people, either your friends or your family, they'll always be there for you. I was able to talk to my wife about the sadness and the anticipation of our move. I was also able to talk to a small group of my trusted cheerleaders who I knew would always hold me up. Being honest with yourself and those trusted people allows for space to shine that light on the things that are most difficult. So find the support people in your life, the ones who fill you. Talk to them and share how you're you're feeling. The fourth thing is to focus on right now. Learning how to let go of things over and over can be hard. So to make this process more comfortable, I've had to learn to focus on what is right in front of me and what is the next right thing to do. This also works when I'm feeling really overwhelmed and anxious, but it's hard. This has been one of my hardest things to get through. This for me is being in the present moment. Also, by focusing on the here and now, we make space for new experiences. This tool also helps us to become more aware and release negative emotions so we can make room for new thoughts and new emotions, maybe that aren't as familiar or comfortable and not just the habitual ones. The end result of this whole process, feeling more joy each day and not holding on to what drains me instead of what fills me. Number five, accept the things that you cannot change. Yes, use that age-old serenity prayer if that helps. I've used it over and over for many years. But it goes beyond that. It's really looking at and discerning what is in your control. I've also had to make more lists, (laughs) lists of what I can control and what I can't. And for the most part, it's a pretty short list, one that usually just has one thing me. That's what I can control. Me and what comes out of me. I had to stop wishing things could be the way they once were or the way I wanted them to be. And I had to bring myself into the present moment. The now is really where life happens. You can't change the past. You can only make decisions today to help you with what will affect and what will create the future. 
Number seven, do what scares you. I've always been afraid of the unknown, the what ifs. I don't know where or how this all started. Whether it's an emotional experience like a breakup or a difficult conversation or a physical experience, like for me, riding a roller coaster, I've passed up a lot of opportunities because of the fear of the unknown. For a good part of my life, fear has held me back from experiencing things that I wish I had. No regrets, just missed opportunities. Today, I've made a conscious decision to not let the fear associated with the what-ifs hold me back. I've been told the more you do to get out of your comfort zone, the more fear will subside. I believe it and I lived it. So in life, do what scares you and you'll grow in ways that you never even knew you could. And lastly, number eight, don't take yourself too seriously. Hmm. This is a huge one for me. I have no idea when this happened, when, when it started, when I thought I needed to take myself so seriously, but it did, and it has certainly tipped into the balance of unhealthy somewhere along the way. By not taking yourself too seriously, you can keep within the realm of peace and harmony. You can enjoy life's journey, and today I'm really finding ways to laugh with myself and at myself all the time. So that piece of, of taking myself too seriously is starting to subside. I read this great quote that really hits home for me. Don't live in chains when you have the key. We live with self-limiting beliefs that we let define who we are. I have limited my own possibilities most of my life because of definitions of who I am based on what others put on me or the definitions that I thought I deserved because I was being defined by my shortcomings. But I have the key. I hope you have found something that resonates with you and that some of these tools can help you to do your own inner house cleaning. And if it did, please let me know. I'm going to close this episode with a quote from Jack Cornfield, and it reads, To let go does not mean to get rid of. To let go means to let be. And when we let be with compassion, things come and go on their own. I really like that. And I hope you do too. So until next time, dig a little deeper and work from the inside out.